Welcome to the Word of Christ, sermons from Pastor Sean Denzer, pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church in Great Bend, North Dakota, and Peace Lutheran Church in Barney, North Dakota. The Old Testament reading for Aquilae, the third Sunday in Lent, is from Jeremiah, the 26th chapter. In the beginning of the reign of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, this word came from the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the court of the Lord's house and speak to all the cities of Judah that come to worship in the house of the Lord, all the words that I command you to speak to them. Do not hold back a word. It may be that they will listen, and everyone will turn from his evil way, that I may relent of the disaster that I intend to do to them because of their evil deeds. You shall say to them, Thus says the Lord, If you will not listen to me, to walk in my law that I have set before you, and to listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I send to you urgently, though you have not listened, then I will make this house like Shiloh, and I will make this city a curse for all the nations of the earth. The priests and the prophets and all the people heard Jeremiah speaking these words in the house of the Lord. And when Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him to speak to all the people, then the priests and the prophets and all the people laid hold of him, saying, You shall die. Why have you prophesied in the name of the Lord, saying, This house shall be like Shiloh, and this city shall be desolate without inhabitant? And all the people gathered around Jeremiah in the house of the Lord. When the officials of Judah heard these things, they came up from the king's house to the house of the Lord and took their seat in the entry of the new gate of the house of the Lord. Then the priests and the prophets said to the officials and to all the people, This man deserves the sentence of death because he has prophesied against this city, as you have heard with your own ears. Then Jeremiah spoke to all the officials and all the people, saying, The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and against this city, all the words that you have heard. Now, therefore, mend your ways and your deeds and obey the voice of the Lord your God. And the Lord will relent of the disaster that He has pronounced against you. But as for me, behold, I am in your hands. Do with me as seems good and right to you. Only know for certain that if you put me to death, you will bring innocent blood upon yourselves and upon this city and its inhabitants. For in truth, the Lord sent me to you to speak all these words into your ears. O Lord, have mercy on us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Whoever is not with me is against me, Jesus says in today's Gospel. Jesus is not a political strong man who struts outwardly while worrying or scheming inwardly. Jesus is called the stronger man. Because he is the God-man. His little finger is enough to send the demons running. 
And yet, Jesus wins His greatest victory not by power, but in fact by suffering and even death, all while holding steadfast to His Father's command and promise. This is how Jesus conquers Satan and divides us from His kingdom of death, gathering us instead into the house of life everlasting. You, dear Christians, have been wrestled away from Satan. That means that you belong now to house Christ, to the house of His blessed Word. But you also have a very powerful enemy now. You have been enlisted into a spiritual warfare. True, our enemies rarely look so fearsome and dramatic as our bulletin cover does. But that's only because deception and delightful lies and sheep's clothing are always better tactics for the wolf to entrap his prey. Satan, the old snake, is the ultimate politician that is a liar and the father of lies, as Jesus himself has said. Now, look soberly at the battlefield that you stand on and see that you are hopelessly outnumbered in this fight. Only our champion can win the day. So it is a matter of absolute life and death when he says, anyone who is not with me is against me. Are you with him? Are you with Jesus? If you are not, then not only are you lost, but you've already been turned. You are like those bitten by the zombies. You are like those who have been flipped already an agent of the enemy. A house divided against itself cannot stand. So with whom do you stand? Now Jeremiah's story in today's Old Testament is a battle that we need to study and learn from servants of the stronger man. In the first place, it took place in the days of evil King Jehoiakim, a king who had undone all of his own father's marvelous faithful work to reform Judah and to bring back the Word of God to their ears. I hope you can hear the warning there. You know that your grandfathers built this church and that they were faithful all their days in it. But you must know that that will mean absolutely nothing unless their faithfulness likewise dwells in each of us. Hear the Word of God and keep it. One generation is more than enough for a whole family to go apostate, that is, to fall away from God. Now God sent Jeremiah, the prophet, to Judah with a very serious word, disaster is coming. What else could be spoken to such a divided and godless house? The Lord told Jeremiah, don't hold back a word. 
God said this because that is always the temptation, isn't it? Soft pedal. Avoid offense. Be so harmless that no one will feel threatened as if they needed to change. I mean, they might get mad. They might even try to silence you if you bring that kind of a message. Do not hold back a word, the Lord said. This is how a pastor must preach also, with absolute honesty, serious, and urgent. God's Word must not be accommodated to its hearers so that it reaches them where they are. Oh no! Because the Lord does not intend us to remain where we are. That is why He sends His Word. He intends to bring us out of this slavery of sin. He also intends to bring us at last out of this wilderness, this battlefield, into His everlasting peace. Likewise, whenever you, dear Christians, need to speak the truth, you are going to be sorely tempted just as I am to hold back a word or maybe all your words when you must say the hard but necessary thing to your children, when you must speak up against friends who mock your God or your fellow saints, when you must go against everything that is normal in the world, because just as it was in the days of Jehoiakim, godlessness has become normal. Are you still with Him? Now, it may be that they will listen. I believe a very crazy thing, although I don't believe it even as firmly as I should. I believe that God's Word will do what it says. It will accomplish the thing for which He sends it. Like Jeremiah, I must believe this, or we would both quit our task I believe God's law will work. He, through His Word, will convict people of ignoring His Word. And He will cause them not just to be annoyed or even to hate me, but perhaps also even to repent, to admit their wickedness and to turn away from it. I believe God's Gospel will work. I believe He will comfort repentant hearts. He will truly forgive sins. He will salve broken consciences so that they are not ruined but rescued. And He will even enable His Christians to make a beginning at standing steadfast again. And each Christian, each of you, must share this belief with me. That is to say, you must hear the Word of God and keep it. Each of us in our stations may feel quite powerless to influence or convince others, even if they're in our own family, to convince them of what is true and what is beautiful and what is virtuous, not to mention what is necessary. But know this, God's Word can do it. And will do it. At the same time, I also believe that the Lord's warnings 
are not in vain. If you will not walk in my law and listen to the words of my servants, the prophets, whom I send to you urgently, even though you don't listen, then I'm going to make this house like Shiloh. You don't even know what like Shiloh means, do you? Well, actually, that's exactly what it means. God is going to make those who ignore Him to be totally forgotten so no one even knows what you're talking about if you mention them. The reality is this. Despite our goodwill, despite God's Word and its power, there will be those who will not hear it. There will be those who will not believe. There will be those who will not be saved. There will be those also who fall away. Lord, have mercy that none of us sitting here are among those. Let this reality instead build in us resolve, soberness in the preacher, in the parent, in the friend. Do not be surprised. Don't be flabbergasted when God's Word is met with rejection around you. Especially resist the cowardly temptation to rout, that is, to change, or even to silence your message when it does not meet with the success that you would like it to have. When Jeremiah had finished speaking all that the Lord had commanded him, the priests and the prophets and all the people laid hold of him, saying, You shall die. Are you still with me now? Do you remember the vows that you made in your confirmation? You said, I intend to live according to the Word of God and to remain true to Him, even to death. I intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church, suffering all, even death, rather than to fall away from it. These words, these vows mean that we intend by the grace of God to remain with Him, with the crucified one. And we know that the way to avoid the fate of the crucified, that is the easy thing. All you have to do is capitulate to the devil, to the world, to your own sinful nature. Break ranks and run. But as for me, behold, I am in your hands. Do with me as it seems good and right to you. I have to say, this seems like the perfect time for holding back some words. This is perfect time for that cowardly advice, Jeremiah, you need to pick your battles. But Jeremiah held fast to the Word of God. He offered himself up to be shamed and to be killed rather than to deny God's Word. Preachers often die at the hands of their hearers. For a while now, our synod and our district officials have started to realize that letting a pastor die is not nearly as costly or as daring as it is to try and oppose a congregation and to bring God's Word to them. After all, a congregation is the one who pays the salaries of everybody. 
I think that tendency might actually change soon as pastors become commodities that are increasingly short of supply. Although I doubt it. Because as in the days of Jeremiah or Jesus, it is still expedient that one man should die instead of the people. And there's only one reason, in fact, for that not always to be the case. That you kill the person who brings such a horrible message to you as repent. The only reason not to kill the man would be that you actually believe God's Word. The truth is, pastors aren't really alone in this at all. You, dear Christians, face the very same odds in the world. If you stand up for your faith as a parent, as a friend, as a student, as a boyfriend or girlfriend, as a worker, you are going to be ridiculed and despised also. You may lose your job. You may not be able to play on the team anymore. You may have to contend against priests and prophets and all the people who hate God's Word just like Jeremiah did. The Lord knows it. He sends us out like sheep in the midst of ravenous wolves, as He Himself has said. And that's the truth. If you are with Him, you can expect to be made like Him also. And that is why the last word in today's Gospel is the most important, dear Christians. Jesus says, Blessed are those who hear the Word of God and keep it. That's what makes His mother, St. Mary, blessed. Blessed are those who hear the law of God and obey it, repenting of their sins and bearing fruits in keeping with that repentance, despite how awkward or uncommon or unpopular it is in the world, because you know that the Lord's truth is far better and is more essential than anything else. Blessed are those who hear the gospel and who treasure it, holding the forgiveness of sins to be better than the dismissal of sins and finding strength in them and contentment in the forgiveness of sins to carry on in this battle. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and who remain steadfast in it. To live is Jesus. And to die, to die is gain. We are His martyrs, bearing Him a witness, whether that is in life or through death. And what of it? For our stronger man is able by his finger to raise us from the dead, just as He is risen. All of this we do. We battle, we strike, we strive, we continue to fight not by our own strength, not even by our own vows. Such a conviction as Jeremiah had, as you, dear Christians, must have, this comes only from the Word of God, which is His very finger. He is able alone to cast out the spirits of the airwaves, the demonic forces that pull at your heart and other organs, and every other enemy.
because He is able to keep you safe and steadfast in and with Him. You'll have to go home and read the rest of Jeremiah 26 yourself to see whether the Word of God was heard and kept or whether Jeremiah was martyred by that mob. But as you do, ask yourself again, which side of God's Word have you been on? Are you with Him? And then remember this promise, that blessed are those who hear the Word of God and who keep it. Because they remain with Jesus. They are brought back to their baptism through repentance. And they are restored to faith through the forgiveness of sins. They are enabled to stand steadfast and immovable by that truthful voice of their stronger man, Jesus. We are outnumbered woefully, dear saints. This is true. And you may feel very small indeed in this world. We may even believe that doom and desolation are inevitable. But they are not. For if Christ is for us, who can be against us? In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to The Word of Christ. You can find more sermons at verbachristi.blogspot.com and if you have need to contact Pastor Denzer, you can email him at pastor at denzer.org. That's P-A-S-T-O-R at D-A-E-N-Z-E-R dot O-R-G. Let the word of Christ dwell richly in you. Amen. Amen.